This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Here we go. It is hour three of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. And coming up at five o'clock, we'll talk with Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com. He's got a full report on everything that must go right for the Cowboys to get the dub. Right now, it's time for uh, Little Football's Finest. And to host us in that, it's Eric Chiafalo. Gentlemen, the All-Pro team has been announced. Three players were unanimous All-Pros. Micah Parsons. Every one of the voters voted unanimously for three individuals to be first-team All-Pro gentlemen. C.D. Lamb. Can you guess them? Your hint, not a cowboy. Damn it. Sorry, Walchuk. You kidding me? Micah Parsons actually isn't even a first-team All-Pro player. What? (laughs) Yeah. He's apparently a second-team All-Pro. All right, Brandon Aubrey. Honestly, that's pretty good. Was, was he? He was first team, wasn't he? Was first he? Team. Yeah, had to be. But he was not unanimously. All right, not unanimously. Let me give you a serious guess. Get serious. Very serious. Seriously, Christian McCaffrey. Ding, ding, ding! You are on the board, Zach Wolchuk. I am retiring. Okay. So there's how many more? Go out on top. Uh, well, there, we started with three. Mm-hmm. So now I believe we're uh, we got two left. The answer is Tyreek Hill and Fred Warner. Warner. Let's go. Let's go. Did you see the list? No. He probably saw it. I mean, I saw the first teamers. I don't know who was uh, unanimous. I do know that CD was 49 of 50. I did see that. Yeah, we we talked about the one. who is the one guy? I mean, Uh, Brian, can you find out for us who's the one Probably can. I probably could figure that out. Probably could if you wanted to. So who else would even be in consideration? Like, I get Tyreek Hill. But if you weren't going to vote CD Lamb first team all pro, what's the other receiver you would have put in there? I mean... I'm on Ross St. Brown, I think, was a number. There's three first-team all-pro wide receivers, and it was Lamb, Tyreek Hill, and I'm on Ross St. Brown. So that, it must have been Amon Ra then was the other vote? I, I honestly don't know. I really I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Maybe it's Puka. We'll get to Puka in a minute because in Detroit right now, they're calling him Puka Nahua. They're disrespecting him. Oh, no. Aaron Donald's 10-year career. This is what it looks like. Starting in 2014, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Next year, first team all pro. Next year, first team all pro. Next year, defensive player of the year. Next year, defensive player of the year. Next year, first team all pro. Next year, defensive player of the year. Next year, first team all pro. Last year, Pro Bowl. This year, first team all pro. <laughs> I mean, wow. His career is insane. A decade of either being the best defender in all of football or just simply being the best at his position. Either way, that's the career for future Hall of Famer Aaron Donald. And I know, Broadus, you forever. Like, you stay up sometimes. You pull up the old YouTube clips of Senior Bowl oh, circa yes. 2014 to just watch Donald versus Martin. I, I remember just... Remember when you're trying to reach the height of pleasure for That's yourself. That's when you were like, wow, these are two future Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah. Iron sharpens iron. You paint an accurate picture there? Oh, he's not lying. I remember standing there in the end zone just Hands like... flying off. Oh, man, it's it was amazing to watch those two guys go at it. Seriously, it's like... 
the whole thing about it with yeah okay i know what you're saying okay i'm sorry i'm sorry no, no but, we know what please, you're please, saying no, carry on carry on it's just yeah, scouting is about yeah you can't say anything scouting there's so many football isms that just don't sound you, right they, they don't sound right but i just remember yeah it's it was because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> i'm gonna I mean, as i say it it's gonna get worse it's amazing yeah. and it's and, it, and i'm gonna add on to it in other worse terms to go with it so sure were you about to go glass eater on us yeah yeah the guy's a real hole plugger isn't he yeah yeah, full plugger. Uh, AJ Brown, I believe, has deleted all Eagles related content from his Instagram. Man, there's issues there. I don't believe he practiced today. No, he was too busy deleting yeah. all Eagles related content <laughs> off his Instagram like, to send I'm a not, message. Hey, you guys go out there to practice. I'm gonna stay back. How amazing is this? He's he's been doing like the late season hail mary bonding experiences uh, where he goes to escape rooms with his his teammates, and then he's apparently doing players only meetings to galvanize the troops. And now he's at the point in the process where he's sort of distancing himself from the entire organization. So maybe Tennessee was onto something when they got rid of them. Things are things are looking things are looking good there in Philadelphia. And that's exactly what you want to see. Yeah, that is a very clear sign that things have gone bad. I I, I think probably coaches get blown out. Roseman doesn't mess around once he sees this starting to happen. Um, and I don't know where it stops. You know, this this might be the the end of this Philadelphia run that we're watching because things just like th- things like that just don't happen. How did it, how did it go that bad that quick? How do you go from being a Super Bowl runner up to being ten and one to now talking about firing everybody? How does that? I mean, can you pinpoint where that thing went wrong, or was it always going to go wrong? I think it was always going to go wrong because you had a system that relied on the quarterback being Superman, and his ability to be Superman this year fell off a cliff. You know, they ran a simple offense, had a good running game, and that allowed him to get one-on-ones. It's a story as old as time. That's what you do with young quarterbacks. And I don't know why people projected what we had seen from the player for five or six years through college and be like, nope, he figured it all out. He's a great NFL quarterback. Excuse me, do you know how hard it is to be a great NFL quarterback? Mm Jalen Hurts sure as hell did not figure that out and never will because we know who he is as a quarterback. It's the prisoner of the moment kind of world we're in right now with the instant, you know, this is the greatest. You know, this person's the next GOAT. And and Jalen Hurts had an amazing year. He did. All of a sudden when things aren't perfect around him, uh, you're starting to see, okay, what is he? What is he really? I think the Sirianni offense, you also give, and we've talked about this this year, Defensive coordinators kind of catching up and the job the defensive coordinators mm-hmm. have done. I think maybe their offense got figured out and they were kind of squeaking by. I mean, a lot of this year they were winning come from behind one possession type of games. And the comparison to the Vikings ultimately was accurate, but they're even worse than what the Vikings were a year ago because they didn't implode like this. They yeah. did lose in the postseason, but down the stretch, they weren't leaking oil like the Eagles are right now. They're not this bad. I think this is a result of the toxicity and the negative momentum picking up. And now, like, guys being upset is actually creating a bad attitude. Your head coach, who's all emotion, you know, is not equipped to, like, troubleshoot that and help you guys get it back on the same page. So this is devolving. It's it's probably 30% below what it, what it should still be. Not I, like injuries crushed him or anything. Man, I... 
I look at it and see the defense being bad. Yeah, the defense is terrible. That's that's I mean the, the quarterback. I I can understand what you're saying, Dawson. You know, but man, that that that, that defense, that secondary, that thing fell off a cliff really quick. Yeah, they led the league in sacks last year, and then yeah. I guess guys just got old. What do you see on tape? I that, that, it's a good question. I don't see guys that cover very well. I don't see guys that play the ball very well. I don't, you know, and for somebody that they they play the run, you know, but they do not. Their pass defense in the secondary is awful, and you would never that you would if going in if we were working if we were covering the Eagles on WIP, we would have probably said the secondary is the strength of this team. Probably would have said that right with yeah. with Bradbury and yeah. Slay and it was Blankenship, good. and you're thinking like, well, this this secondary is going to be all right. Well, maybe part of the reason why it's not is because they lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. It might be. And now he is a member of the Detroit Lions, and he's got some things to say, man. He really does. Um, (laughs) Because he feels like he was brought to Detroit not to just be a playoff team, but they brought him here to win a Super Bowl. He said, they didn't didn't bring me here to make no bleeping playoffs. The Lions brought me here to win a Super Bowl. So uh, that's what he's calling it. He's being asked about Puka Nakua. He's not here for it. Uh, when C.J. Gardner-Johnson's safety of the Detroit Lions was asked about Puka Nakua, he says, "I don't watch football, and I don't know a I don't uh, I don't know a damn thing about who is breaking records because, of course, Puka Nakua broke the rookie re- receiver record." He says, "I got receivers doing the same bleep he's doing. Who's got more yards? Amon Ross St. Brown or him? There you go. I got a receiver who's about to break records. Who's got more yards, Puka or him? He, he doubles down on the question. So why would I pay attention to someone who's not on my team? No disrespect. I'm like, wow. you're, this is your opponent. That's why. <laughs> it's because you're going to be playing him in a playoff game on Sunday, CJ. That's why. Is so it, don't treat my question like it was does that, erroneous. Does that surprise you that some players don't like football? No, it does not. It's it's. I think it's pretty common that athletes aren't always in love with the sport that they play. They're just good at it. Now, I, I don't. I don't read that and think he doesn't like football because C.J. Gardner Johnson is so serious about like winning, and he's like he's like how how he was asked about his interception okay, in last week's game, and he was like, "I'm trying to raise two more banners. Bleep the interceptions." Yeah, he's trying to win Super Bowls here, and he says two more banners because the Lions already raised a it division is, title right. banner, right? Which I think is fair. If you no, win no, the ab- division, no, that's not absolutely. a crap on no, that's situation. For Detroit, I mean, they're hosting their first playoff game in thirty years. Yeah, you, go ahead and celebrate that banner. You can raise that banner, but he's wanting two more. He seems locked in, but he's such a team guy. He's actually to prepare for the game on Sunday. He's studying Amon Ross St. Brown, his teammate, instead of the guy he's going to be going up against in Puka Nakua. So I just think it's a very interesting approach to a playoff game. I agree with Zach, though. I, I think they're, they're guys and gals that play this game because it's a job. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I mean, Ben Coleman was a guy like that. Ben Coleman for the Jacksonville when I was with him, he was just playing long enough so he can so he can open ice cream shops. Yeah, marble slab, right? Yeah, the marble slabs. That's that's what he was the, one of the first to ever have, the marble slabs. That's a, oh, wow. Or was he the I, Cold Stone guy? He was marble slab. No, he was TCBY. No, no. Ooh, my daddy started TCB. No, Ben Coleman, I think was. I think Ben Coleman was marble slab. Okay. Yeah, I Didn't think Dion what, have a cold stone in Frisco, or uh, maybe it was in Plano actually. Primetime stone. I, yeah. I, another guy, John Frank. 
tied in from Ohio State. Played You're for just the, making names up. No, now. John Frank. Seriously, look John him Frank up. sounds possibly. No, brilliant. no, John Frank went to, played for the 49ers long enough to pay his way through medical school. And and fact, and then he quit. Yeah, next he thing you're going to tell me, the Packers have a, a, a offensive lineman named Zach Tom or something. Yeah. Just making crap up I, over I there. Would, I would make that up. I would. <laughs> I've just been making up Zach Tom all, all week. Yeah, I don't know Zach Frank NFL. Nothing's popping up. Okay, when you think about this, uh, John for the, Frank spelled Zach wrong. Oh. No, it's John. Okay, John Frank for the love state tied yep, in. You're right about that. For the love of God. <laughs> Is it John Frank or Frank John? John Frank. The I Bills. said it right the first time, jackass. <laughs> the Bills. The Bills. He was actually the third. Are asking fans to help uh, shovel snow. You might need to go out there and do that. That'd be good for you. Out of Highmark considering Stadium. You, considering you don't have a winter coat, that's probably a really bad good idea. For I just you. Starting yeah. at Starting Saturday night, you can clock in at 9 o'clock. Central time, 10 o'clock Eastern in Buffalo. Fans will be paid $20 an hour, and they will get complimentary food and drinks if you show up to the Bills Stadium and start Gosh, shoveling snow. They will. Oh. You watch. They will have yeah. They will have thousands there. Oh, doing for that. sure. They will have they'll be like, and, and, and the Bills Mafia, when they get handed the money at the end, they'll say, no, we're good. They'll give we're it good. To, they'll give we it did to that for the love of the game. They'll give it to somebody's charity is what they'll do. They'll just give that money to somebody's charity. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm looking for my cash, actually. I could use some beer money. Times are tough. Inflation. How long in those conditions would you last shoveling snow? Give me an hour hour mark. If I can get going and warm my body up, if I can survive the first 10 minutes, I think I could give you three and a half hours. I think you're, Dawson, going as long as your warm vest is charged for. That's three and a half hours. I'm completely calling BS on your deal, considering your back condition. I think your back would not allow you to do more than 40 minutes. That's true about me. I don't, I don't know about you, Dawson. I'd be trying to make it an hour. But isn't Dawson's more his hip than anything? Yeah, I think my hip. Hip, yeah. back. Yeah. He's doing a lot of bending over, a lot yeah. of heavy snow. Yeah, but that's personal, and he didn't want okay. everybody to know that. Before my last incident, <laughs> you'd be right. But now I'm like on the lookout for it every quick movement, you know? You can't even push I'm your shopping cart with without it. getting You're using injured. the terms quick movement extremely loosely, right? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing quick about it. He's acting like he's Aaron Donald over yeah. here. He's got yes. hips. <laughs> Fluid motion. More like, <laughs> any medium more pace like, movements. He's more like Quentin Bohanna. Short area quickness. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Mozzie Smith. <laughs> Good thing I worked on my post game as a kid because it's go. coming in handy here, my old man hooping. <laughs> I believe it, bro. Yeah. I believe it. I'm getting real sick of these Ohio State kids going back to school, man. And Hey, by Who the else? way, good news. JT Tuamalto. Oh, the yeah. tackle. No reason that guy should be coming back, right? He's an NFL guy. No, I thought he was coming out last year. Now he's coming, he's an edge, and I've watched him already, and he's pretty good. I have too, yeah. He's Dude, a good player. Number so, 44, right? Yep. He's a really good player. The Ravens are going to get Mark Andrews back? Yeah, he's practicing today. Is he coming back for next week? I mean, they designated him to return from IR, so I think they're at least attempting an opportunity to, for Mark Andrews to return to the lineup. The rich hey, get richer in if Baltimore. This does end up being Baltimore and San Francisco. I mean, you guys have seen the NFL logo thing, the Super Bowl logo deal with the colors of the teams Purple in the and last red. three years, and they kind of tell you who's going to be playing. Are we buying into that? No. I mean, it's more than a coincidence. No, I just think both rosters are pretty damn good. Yeah, they are. But, I mean, come on. We're, we're now on a streak where the Super Bowl logo colors, Bengals, Rams, Eagles, Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, if that happens, there's something there, I think. Yeah. I think it has something to do with the city. That's why the colors are the way they are. Smells a little fishy so what, to what, me. What about Vegas gives you those colors? Oh, purple and red, why not? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh looks Chips, like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Chips. Yeah. Two one four sold me. 
Not the marble slab, says the 214. What ben, is it, Ben then? Coleman opened several Cold Stone Cold, Creamery locations. Okay, all right. Thank, so. I, I, no, I appreciate it. I thought it was the other one. You're absolutely right. It's all right. that. Should have Googled it. I knew I was there when he did it. I should have known which one. He did it. He quit football. He got. He took our money and went and didn't and opened these things. His love of the game uh, was, was zero. the game he of ice cream. He took his money, you mean. He took his money. He took his money, took and, his money. and opened it up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> took our money. Jeez. He took our money, which became his money, and then he made more money. How I wrote the that? damn check. Something like that Bama fan last night. We'll pay you once, and you're going to stay you until know we say you can go. That's me, Dawson. That's yeah. exactly me. You know that. Yeah. And don't be hating on ice cream either over there. I mean, he's making the world a better place. Is that the one where they put it on the... on the? Like, yeah, on it's, the, it's a little bit of a presentation. Chop, chop, and flip, chop, chop. Bells and whistles and everything. Yeah, Super yeah. high prices. Yeah. That's why it's better to go to the Brahms. Yeah. Will McClay is staying. Brought us, talked with him uh, this morning, yeah. and we've been celebrating it uh, ever since. Uh, ever since I saw the uh, the tweet from Todd Archer this morning and then uh, came in and talked to Brian about it. We talked with Stephen Jones about it coming up at 3 o'clock, and he confirmed that. And that, uh, it's a, you know, that's a, that's a blessing. You know, anytime you can keep Will. So it's one down, maybe one to go. Could we be lucky enough to keep Dan Quinn? Probably not. But uh, we can dream. Okay. Top 10's coming up next. Well, Chuck, where are you taking us? Yeah, it's a wild card edition. Cowboys top 10 wild card games of all time, plus news for Top Gun fans. That's next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back. It is the G-Back Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. And it's time now for Woolchuck's Top 10 at 420. This segment of the nation is brought to you by Soda, that's state-of-the-art, and the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one has been in an accident, contact Franklin and Frankel for a free consultation. It's 214 or 817-333-3333. Go to truckwreck.com. Here's the woolly bully in the Top 10. Thank you very much, 877-881-1053. What's your top Cowboys wild card game in playoff history? We'll get to the list courtesy of DallasCowboys.com here in just a moment. But, Brian, a couple days ago you were like, did the Kelsey bros, did they stop doing their podcast for the postseason? Yeah, I thought maybe they shut this what, thing down. What's the deal? No, apparently uh, Travis angered Jason so much that he just walked off the show, so they were delayed a day. Uh, to record. So they just pushed this thing back a day. So it's out now. But here was the exchange that apparently little brother trolling big brother caused him to rage quit. Miscommunication at the line. But, uh, yeah, we do need to figure that out. You guys hear that? Is that the What's is that? that the excuse train? Ooh. Is that the excuse train coming in the Eagles locker room right now? So know. moving on, uh, note first, 10 he's point, well, his actually, clock management on Jason the final Love, drive. Yeah. Are you uh, you guys thinking about that on the on the final drive or what? No. What? Where do we just go? What is it? What just happened here? I might need a little second. Boom. All righty. Well, as you can see, I look a little bit different. Travis uh, hit me in the fields a little bit, so we decided to postpone the show 
we started recording that Monday night, and now we're back Tuesday to record the rest of it because I need to calm down. If there's anybody that knows how to get under my skin, it's uh, Travis Kelsey. Got him. The beauty of this was is, yeah, so in the like the second half of that clip, Jason Kelsey does look different. He's wearing completely different clothes. Travis continued to wear the same clothes from the day before, the same jersey, just to keep the, the accountability. Here's keep the, the vibes going. It's a good bit. That is, man. That is. I mean, especially as the younger brother pestering older brother to the point of him losing his mind, and it. then you get mom or dad to save you before he puts his hands on you. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty perfect. That was great. I, I think it, it, it shows how, how tough the situation is in Philly, really. It's bad. Yeah. Yep. Something like that going to get under his skin. And then uh, before the list, you loved the new top. 972 movie. thinks Kelsey sounds like a little B word, by the way. Well, and I can't disagree. Both of them. Definitely in his feels there. Uh, the Top Gun franchise will become a trilogy. It was announced today that there will indeed be a Top Gun 3 that is in the works. Tom Cruise is attached. Co-writer uh, Mr. Kruger is now officially at work on a follow-up to the 2022 mega hit that will reunite Tom Cruise with co-stars Miles Teller and Glenn Powell. So if you're a Top Gun fan, get excited because you're going to get a third movie. A uh, release date to be determined. Let's slide into the top 10 now. Top 10 wild card games of all time for your Dallas Cowboys. Do any of you fellas have one that just jumps to mind? To me, uh, I would probably go with the 2009 season, which the wild card game ended up being in 2010. It was their first playoff game oh, at AT&T Stadium. Game. They just dominated the Philadelphia Eagles. It was Romo's first ever playoff win. It was the first playoff win that I really got to witness when I was able to kind of know what was going on for the Cowboys. Nice. Uh, that's probably number one for me. Followed you beat by, them back-to-back, back, right? Yeah, they shut yeah. them out the week before to win the division. Wow. And then the following week, they beat them again by 20 points, 34-14. to 14. It was it was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was great. You know, I've... Uh, shoot, I think I've only covered a couple. Um, obviously, Detroit in 2016 was pretty amazing uh, with just how how it ended and, and the drama of it. I wouldn't call that a great Cowboys victory. Maybe last year, you know, against Tampa is a, is a top memory just because of how you, you ended Tom Brady's career and sort of exorcised that demon at the same time. Uh, Dak had a huge game. You know, a lot of good things happened there. Yeah, that's probably the one for me. Going out there and, and yeah, basically ending Brady's career. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty that's, amazing. That's a, that's a pretty good situation. So. You convinced him it's over, bro. Yeah. yeah, don't need to do this anymore. Retire the goat, man. The Cowboys, when I was growing up, didn't play in many wild card games because they were always winning, and then they oh, yeah, were the They always got a buy. But I think the one that kind of stands out to me because it, I've I've been proud a couple of times of Cowboy fans at AT and T Stadium, but that Lions game in 2014 that they won, that Dallas won. I think it was 24-20, something like that. Anthony Hitchens, yeah, the Brandon one. Pettigrew. I mean, they they but 2014. Yeah, they yeah. brought they the cowboy fans brought a lot of energy. I, I've never I was, I was there. I was at that yeah, one. Yeah, I've never heard four hundred section. Let's go. That stadium was rocking for that game. You know, it was the, it was whole, loud. the whole game. And I and there's been a couple of times where I was like, man, this is the, the fans are making a difference in this one today. So yeah, that's that's the one that kind of stands out, out stands out to me. That one was fun. Lucius, do you have a wild card Cowboys memory? Uh, yeah, right, bro. Come on. I can't remember what I had for lunch on Tuesday. Fair enough. Dog. Fair enough. <laughs> and again, happy birthday, bro. You're kidding me, man. No. <laughs> All right, number ten. We got Cowboys Rams from 1983, Brian Texas Stadium. They did lose this one. Perhaps the most noteworthy aspect of this game was the weather. 
at kickoff. The temperature yeah. at Texas Stadium, 27 degrees, still the second coldest game in franchise playoff history, and that's not counting a wind chill that dropped to the frigid teens in this yeah. one. Did you go to that? I was there at that game. Woo, Absolutely. That's bad. Yeah, it was. There were, there were games at Texas Stadium. The thing about that stadium, the way it was the, the, the center open and then also the sides, like the top being open, wind could get down on you. You know, it, it could get really chilly in that place and cold. And so, yeah, there were, there were several mm. of those games. And I, I remember sitting there because my, my seats were, if we had a noon game, we were in the sun. If it oh, was a late okay. game, we were in the shade. Well, I mean, at least for I the first half. I know the section. For the first half. In. Yeah. So, like, I hated the noon game, especially early in the year. Yeah. Hot. Hot. But, Sweaty. Right. But if you if but as it, the season wore on, when the weather approved, you actually enjoyed sitting in the sun mm. when it was a little bit cold. But that that was a chilly, chilly day. Number nine, Cowboys Vikings, nineteen ninety six at Texas Stadium, forty to fifteen. Cowboys got a win. The defending Super Bowl chance rolled into the postseason, ten and six record, winners of the East, and they would prove to be too much for the nine and seven Vikings in this one. Cowboys scored thirty points in the first half, including yeah. twenty three in the second quarter alone. Emmett, one hundred and sixteen yards, two TDs in that one. Number eight. Is the game I talked about thirty to fourteen, thirty-four to fourteen, beating the Eagles uh, at the two thousand nine season, and what was indeed Felix Jones one hundred and forty-eight rushing yards and a seventy-three yard score in that game. Romo, man, he was good before he got heavy. Yeah, he got heavy all of a sudden. One he, year he really was camp. fast. Yeah. yeah. Romo 244 yards, couple touchdown passes as well. Yeah, you don't want your your lightning back to turn into your thunder back. <laughs> That's bad in one off season. Number seven, Cowboys-Rams, 1980 at Texas Stadium. They got a 34-13 win that day. They finished the regular season 12-4, second in the East, though. Uh, and they ended up hosting the 11-5 Rams, who were second in the West. And two weeks earlier, the Rams had throttled the Cowboys 38-14. But Tony Dorsett and the Cowboys turned out 338 rushing yards, which yeah. is still the franchise playoff record. That is incredible. Number six is last year's 31-14 beatdown of the Bucks. Where they said bye-bye to Tom Brady. Dalton Schultz uh, caught a touchdown. You had Dak Prescott, 305 yards, four touchdowns in that one. Number five, top 10 Cowboys wildcard games as we get ready for Cowboys Packers. Cowboys Bucks, 1983, Texas Stadium. Cowboys get a 30-17 to win in this one. And the Bucks, I mean, it sounds like they weren't very good. They kind of snuck, in, snuck into the playoffs here. You had Timmy Newsom adding a 10-yard touchdown catch. To seal the win, you might have been at that one too, there, Brian, in 1983. Uh, I was. I, all these playoff games in the 80s, I was. I was you were at. there. I was there. Yeah. Number four. This one stings, but it is memorable. Cowboys Seahawks. The drop. The drop. Romo dropped yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Romo dropped it. They put baby oil on that football. Yeah, they gave they him a did. slick ball. They did. They gave him a slick ball. There was a minute 19 left. First off, we thought that Jason Witten had gotten a first down. Yeah. You know, first and goal inside the one. They review it. They're like, nah, Witten was short. Uh, and it's a chip shot field goal for Martin Gramatica. And, well, he didn't get a chance to kick it because it was a slick ball. Romo, I thought Romo, Romo was about almost, to get in the end zone. Romo uh, almost scored, yeah. Gosh. Jordan Babineau, bleep hole that he is. That's right, Jordan Babineau, man. He's what a play. One. Yeah, it was. Last good... game Bill Parcells ever coached. Yeah, that was sad because that was another team that I think had a chance. They'd already beaten the Colts who won the Super Bowl that year in the regular mm-hmm. season. They ruined their perfect season. Right. That Cowboys team had a shot to go and do it. Number three, Cowboys Seahawks. Dak's first 
playoff win, 24 to 22 at AT AT&T Stadium. They trailed 14 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And then Dak had the quarterback draw. Mm. Yeah. Somersaults at the one. It was a badass play. Number two, Cowboys-Lions, 2014. That was incredible. It really was. 24 to 20, Cowboys get the win. You had the Terrence Williams touchdown where Tony Romo's just moving, shaking, dodging. They fell down 20 to 7. And I'm looking at my wow. my buddies because we paid to go to that one. We're like, like ready to go? What the hell? Like, no, we weren't going to leave. <laughs> we weren't going to. We weren't going to do that. Walter would never leave a game. I don't. Unless I pers- Broadus made him. Yeah, yeah. You're cursed if you ever lose a playoff game to Detroit. It oh just shouldn't gosh. happen. Yeah. Well, thank God it didn't. But I did think uh, when the Anthony Hitchens flag was thrown. Oh no. Yeah. We're screwed. And then uh, Tank ended up getting a strip fumble. He to did end it. He got. But something happened. What did he do? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, he had a he, penalty. I think he, he had, had a play penalty offsides. Yeah. yeah. The play before. Yeah. Yeah. And then he ended no, up. No, no. He he tried to he tried to get the he tried to recover the fumble. Did he try he tried to pick it up or something and fumbled it again? Then he fumbled. I it think twice. he just jumped right on the ball. I thought I, I thought he recovered it and then he fumbled it again. Maybe he did, but because he was trying to run. Got, it ended the game. Yeah. Number one though, best wild card game ever, and this this probably is a good one. Cowboys at Bears, nineteen ninety one, Soldier Field, seventeen to thirteen. They won their final five regular season games, finished second in the division, which put them back in the playoffs for the first time in six years. Had to go to the Windy City, take on the Bears. It's 26 degrees. Cowboys defense bullies the Bears. They get three sacks, three takeaways, and two goal line stands. And the Cowboys shocked the NFC Central winners of that time uh, before they went on to lose in the second round. But that really sprung the dynasty. Shut it down. Let's go home. Here we go. Let's bring a dynasty. Thank you, Woolchuck. It's always good to stroll down memory lane and harken back, if you will. Okay, uh, G-Bag Nation, we got to talk some hoop because something very interesting is developing, and maybe the Mavs aren't exactly contenders as structured right now, but if this guy is going to actually be a good defender, then you might have to reconsider what's possible. How good of a defender is the best player on the Mavs. We got a rim session coming at you next right here. Then Nick Harris at 5 o'clock on the fan. Oh, thank you very much, Lucius. It is the G-Back Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. And if Eric Chiafala was in here right now, he would say some fancy words about it being a perfect time for a rim session. Isn't that right, Lucius? Yeah. Well, Chuck, Chiafala. Rain dance. Sorry, boys. You're good. Getting content. It's always a special occasion when I don't get to do the original intro, uh, and it's even more of a special occasion when we have Luka Doncic uh, playing defense, allegedly, and we have a great Luka story, as told by a former NBA player that we'll get to as well, Wolchuk. Start this rimmer off, brother. So, Zach Lowe does his weekly article of 10 things that he's noticing and intrigues him in the association, and he's talking about Luka playing defense. And he said, look, the jury's still out on the Mavs' defense, but Luka is engaged. His ability to read the game on offense translates to defense. He anticipates ball movement patterns. He's switching onto all kinds of players and sliding his feet. And when you look at some numbers here, he's 49th among 320 players in points per possession on isolation against himself, averaging .83 points per drive, uh, which is pretty darn good. And he's even stouter on the block which is impressive for Luke, And he's got the size. We've, we've always known he's capable of doing this. He just hasn't been engaged, as Zach Lowe writes. So opponents have averaged just half a point per possession directly out of post-ups against Luka Doncic, which is the second lowest among players who have guarded at least 20 such plays. 
this season. We know he's an outstanding rebounder, and if he remains committed to defense, all of a sudden, if you finally are healthy, which that's been a big issue for the Mavericks this year. Tyree's been out. Luke has been out. You've had Grant Williams dealing with injuries. We know Derek Lively. That seems to be a huge problem when he is not available. Yeah. But if, indeed, they are all together, this team goes from being a really poor bottom half of the league defensive squad to a top half of the league defensive squad, and a lot of it is because, finally, you have a two-way player in Luka Doncic. Yeah, and there's no excuse for being a bad defender. He just had to get in shape and care uh, and probably watch film and listen to Jason Kidd, who was one of the best defensive guards of all time. So he's learning, and he's more committed. I can imagine the conversation's real easy considering how last year ended. Is this how you want yeah. your career to go? Disappointment and making excuses for why you guys didn't hit expectations. But this is fantastic. <clears throat> you know, if you're going to have Kyrie Irving on the court, <clears throat> pardon, and also have Luka on the court. Now, Kyrie's not big enough to be a good defender consistently. And Now, if you give him a matchup of a guy of similar size, yeah. Kyrie's going to be fine. Uh, but it's, there's just size limitations there. So if Luka's also a bad defender and you need these guys on the court for 40 minutes to win playoff series, you're signing up to lose playoff series, yes. Luka. We can't have Kyrie with you and have you also be a bad defender. So it, it's just, it's so good. And it, it's, you know, I didn't even include this in my assessment of why I'm super optimistic about this team winning another championship. But now that this is coming together as well, I just, it's a lock. It's awesome. Uh, it's super exciting, and it's something to where hopefully when these two get back, I mean, look, you can't, the, the health is is the big problem here. And we just got to get this squad healthy, and hopefully you get a move. Maybe it's Pascal Siakam. A lot of reports that there is interest there, uh, and maybe Pascal Siakam ends up forcing his way to Dallas. But I know uh, Haynes from Yahoo has been reporting that there's talks there right now between Toronto and the Mavericks. So fingers crossed, maybe that can happen. So what's up with the Luka Audio? Um, uh, th- this is this is some sound. Jeff Teague, former NBA player, who is <laughs> one of the best podcasters going right now. Um, almost every day you can find a, a, f- a pretty funny Jeff Teague viral podcasting clip where he's referencing some story about himself or a teammate or getting cooked by somebody or whatever. He's a pretty funny dude. Here is 20 seconds worth of Jeff Teague telling you about uh, the first time he played against Luka when Luka was a rookie and Jeff Teague started chirping a little bit and here is how the story goes. This is what I knew he was real. So you know me, I'm petty. I was trying to like talk, (laughs) not talk, but trying to like with them in the game. And I went up to him one day, and this is when Luca, this is Luca first year. I never forget. I walked up to Wes. I'm like, man, y'all gonna let the white dude get the ball the whole game? That's crazy. He looked me dead in my face. He said, that mother cold. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't say nothing else. How about that, man? Rookie Luca. Now, granted, this is Jeff Teague, you know, and at that point, Jeff Teague's career. He wasn't anybody that... He was uh, on his way to being a pod, good podcaster. <laughs> yes, yes. Man, go crush it. Uh, but nonetheless, Luca, And we've seen like these interactions that Luca has had with the Pat Beverleys uh, over the course of the years, or of course the Devin Bookers. Uh, we, we know that Luca is a dude that is, is down to do some trash talking. And right there from his rookie year. And, and you have to be. When, when you're a guy like Luca who's going professional uh, in Slovenia or Spain or whatever, for, at, at 14 years old, 13 years old, and you're going up against grown men, the trash-talking there, you, you better grow up real quick. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's used to going toe-to-toe with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think the other thing with Luca is it's you know it's it's easy to be confident and and strong when you are legitimately one of the strongest guys. You know, like that gets overlooked. 
Um, Because he's not like, he doesn't have the set of shoulders of a Dwight Howard or the biceps, but like his back and his quads, like from shoulders down to knees, I don't know how many more strong people there are than him. Maybe Zion, you know, like it's going to be a very small group of people. And that's how he's able to get into the lane and create so much space and finish when guys are right next to him. Mm. You're just not going to move him or affect him at all. Yeah, uh, Luca. Luca the trash talker is something I'm I'm more and more interested in uh, by the day. So yeah. uh, that's a good story for hilarious for years. I mean, you get the little audio snippets, or you're just reading the lips. How he's? I mean, he's calling people p words. Yeah, those are fighting words. <laughs> he's nonstop calling people p words out there. We right. have uh, Siakam and the Raptors, according to Chris Haynes. They are heading for divorce. Uh, so Siakam extremely likely to be traded before the February deadline. And uh, hopefully it's to the Mavs. Looks like Dorian Finney-Smith is widely available. I saw they want two first-round picks for him, the Nets do. Yeah, Nobody's y- going to give that for Dorian Finney-Smith. I don't that's expect that. Much. I don't expect that. Um, and I like Dodo, but for two first-rounders, come on. But that's how you start the bidding, and then you come down off of that maybe. Um, yeah, but knowing Similar that I guess Siakam, yeah, they're, they're having to come back down. It's the way it goes. But uh, just keep those names in mind because I think a Dota return would be welcomed, and uh, a Siakam arrival would be special. Ooh, that'd be fun. That's that's championship caliber opportunity this year if you if you're able to finagle a, a Siakam and keep your top five or six guys. Uh, and then did you guys see Carmelo Anthony? Uh, he on his own podcast is lamenting the fact that Nikola Jokic is number 15 for the Denver Nuggets. Oh. Carmelo, of course, was number 15 for the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest with you. That feels like, uh, I mean, I know he didn't win a championship there, but is that not a is that not a retire the number situation? Or it just like, is. even if it's a quiet retire, we're not yeah. making a thing of it, but like just behind closed doors, no one's getting number 15. The thing is, Jokic comes in as a second round pick. They're like, sure, you can have number 15. Wink, wink in the G League, and then he turns into the MVP. Right. You know, and Melo's still playing when Jokic comes in, so maybe they should have said no. But Melo is alleging that they gave, the Denver Nuggets gave Jokic number 15 to try and erase what he himself, Melo, did. That's so thinking they're way too self important. But it is funny when you get back to the idea that they they took this random dude who nobody had heard of at yeah. 41 overall during a Taco Bell commercial <laughs> on the draft. Yes. There's yeah. no way they could have foreseen that no. he would erase everything you did, Mello. And that's exa- now, of course, exactly. that's what's happened. Right. I forgot Mello was number 15 until today. Same. Uh, but Which is exactly why his number should have been retired. There's no way they could have anticipated uh, what was to come with this? I mean, maybe they were trying. Maybe they were trying to diss Mello by giving us a, a scrub fifteen. Okay. May, okay, maybe it was like that unimportant. That like, sure, you can have his number because we don't like him anymore. But I always felt like when Mello left, he did it in the best way possible. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He yeah, was he- classy in that. It's funny that you bring you bring up the Taco Bell commercial with Jokic. The NBA now it's been approved. The Players Association we're having a two night draft event. They're trying to go NFL style here. Mm. Mm. So they're going to have a first round on one night, June 26th. The second round will be on another night. I mean, are you even, I, I don't even pay attention. The, to the other draft. night, I cannot wait to see how low the ratings are yes. for night two. There's like, I get it, Adam Silver. You're trying to do new things and try and get the ratings and everything, more eyeballs on the NBA. But come on, man. I don't think, I don't think people are tuning in past the top 10 picks. They're going to do something creative to make people watch. My still, my favorite thing is, yeah, my favorite thing is when they went to that guy that, uh, on ESPN, they went to the international 
scout. Oh, he's like, I've never seen this guy play before yeah. in my life. Guy, their national scout goes, what about this guy? And he goes, I've never seen this guy play again. I've never seen him play. <laughs> and he was like the guy in charge. I think it's Fran Fischella. Yeah, got a long way yeah, to go Fran, here. Today. Fran, what do you think about this guy? And he goes, honestly, guys, I've never seen this guy play. Back to you guys. <laughs> Back to you guys in <laughs> the studio. I'm, at. I'm sure they're, sure going to try None and disrespect Carmelo Anthony. None of them anything about Nikola Jokic there when he was drafted in the second round, which is why they probably gave him Carmelo's number. We do know something about Nick Harris. He's joined us a number of times this year. Writer at DallasCowboys.com. He'll tell us what the boys must do to be victorious on Sunday next right here in the G-Bag Nation. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.